You are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Starting this week and going to the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at the vision of the house. And so um, I'm very excited about that. And, and starting today, including uh, the next two Sundays, we have special guests that are going to be sharing uh, the vision of the house. And so uh, before I introduce this person, I do want to say that next week is Father's Day. Is that correct? Next week is Father's Day, so um, I know for dads, the last thing when you're like, hey, what do you want for Father's Day? Dads aren't like, we want to go to church. But uh, if, you, <laughs> if you bring him, we got, we're going to have something for them. We're going to celebrate them and honor them uh, next Sunday. And so uh, without further ado, uh, this morning, uh, our guest speaker that we have is going to be David Henderson. He is over. Yeah. Can you come on up? Uh, he, if you don't know David, he, he leads our, our youth uh, group here at Discovery, and uh, I love David so much. I've known him since he was a wee little lad, and, um, and just so to see him here and to be part of what God is doing at Discovery is so awesome. And so, uh, so yeah, guys, David. Thank you, I gotta be honest. This last week, it's probably one of the best weeks of my life. So I'm excited for being here this morning. Um, but I, um, I, I spent so much time trying to prepare for this message and going through all these different ways that I thought was going to be the best way to communicate the message uh, for you guys. And I changed it so many different times. So much so where I was, I was trying to go to sleep last night, and I, I just wanted to spend just, just a little bit more time with God before I went to sleep. Have Him fill me up one last time, give me some new revelation, give me something that I can use to give to you guys here this morning. And uh, what about four o'clock, four thirty in the morning? I got it, and He decided to make me cut off the second two parts of my message. <laughs> so uh, we're just going to give this one to God. Um, but would you, would you just pray with me one more time real quick before we get into this? Father God, we just invite your presence here, right now. God, if I speak nothing else but what you want me to say, then this is a successful moment. Father God, it's only through your words, it's only through your revelation that any of this means anything. So, Father God, just be all the glory to you. Father God, be all the words, your words. God, and just come down and touch me and touch that back on you. Amen. All right. So we're, we're, we're picking up off, off numbers. Numbers 9.2. And the verse states that... Whether the clouds stayed above the tabernacle for two days, a month, a year, uh, or a year, excuse me, the people of Israel stayed in the camp and did not move on. But as soon as it lifted, they broke camp and moved on. So if you guys haven't been here for the last week, we're talking about the Israelites coming out of their slavery and bondage in Egypt. Um, but I want to start like 40 years before that for, for, for just a second. Um, my first point Days is the house wants you to know God, and God is a lot of things, and God has a lot of names, and and the one that He wants me to talk to you today about is His, his name Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord is my provider. 
Moses is born, right? He's born a slave um, child in Egypt. Um, about three months after he was born, the Pharaoh decrees that he's going to kill all the children of the, um, the slaves because one of them is supposed to rise up and basically demolish all of Egypt as it's going to happen. So Pharaoh doesn't know who the child is or where he's coming from, but he's just going to kill them all and cover his bases. So Moses' mother uh, obviously doesn't want her child to die. So she... Have you ever seen the, the cartoon, like, way back in the day? Yeah, the Prince of Egypt? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know what the basket looks like or anything, but she makes this basket. She puts a child in the basket and, like, floats it down the river, right? Which is, like, seems like an impossible thing to do for a three-month-old child. Like, like everything about that should have killed that child. But why? Why didn't it? Why didn't it? Well, it's because the Lord's the provider. But we're, we're going to get into this. Just, just wait. Just let that sink in for a second. So, so God makes a way for this basket to come down the river safely, securely, not eaten by you know alligators or, or tipped over by boats. I mean, one wave, one rock over, dead baby. That's, that's all that it takes. But it doesn't happen. Because God's taking care of it. So the, the basket ends, ends up, uh, excuse me, getting delivered to uh, Pharaoh's uh, daughter-in-law. And she sees the basket and the baby and falls in love instantly and, and feels this responsibility to then take over this child, right? Okay, now I'm a real logical type of thinker. So what happens next, like, doesn't make any sense to me other than that God made a way. All right, so, so picture this. She goes down to the river, not pregnant, right? Finds a three-month-old baby that's obviously not hers and is able to bring that baby back into the house of Pharaoh who, who just went out to kill all of the children that were not the Egyptian children. Does that make any sense to anybody in here? No, it's like, that doesn't make sense. Obviously, it's not her baby. She wasn't pregnant when she left and the baby's already three months old. Like. I'm hoping he's not stupid. He's the leader of the whole country. God made a way, right? God provided the way for that to happen. So, so Moses grows up, and he is in the entire culture. I mean, he doesn't know right away that his birth mother was enslaved, and, and, and this long time passes, and he's um, best friends and brothers with, you know, the next pharaoh of Egypt. And if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen the movie, it's a good movie. I mean, it's kind of kids' movie. Go watch it. Um, so, all of this stuff happens, right? And and long story short, Moses ends up getting um, basically exiled from Egypt. And he goes out into the forest. He, he has the burning bush encounter with God and, and is told by God that he needs to go back and save all of his slaves and all of the people. Right, with, and then the burning bush. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't make any sense because there's only one way that that happens, and that's through God. Um, so Moses comes back, right? And now, obviously, it's it's one man and God against this entire nation, probably the best fortified nation, the best like set up nation that there is, um, and he's going to go take all of their workers that work for free. Away, right? All the slaves. Like none of this makes any sense. So, so God comes in and and He's like, "Don't worry about this. I'm going to provide a way for this to happen. It's not going to be on your strength. 
not going to be on what you think. It's going to be me and only me. And so much so to where a witness is over, there's no way you could give anybody else any glory because this stuff just doesn't make sense. So God sends these plagues to Egypt. So the locust and the, the river to blood and, and all these things that are impossible for a person to do. And so much so where, long story short, the people end up being released from Egypt. And on their way out, the Egyptians decide that they, well, I don't know, whatever God told them to do, but they decide to give them their riches and their gold and they send them on their way. So like, crazy stuff happens, right, leading up to this point. Then we come to the, the Red Sea. You guys heard of the parting of the Red Sea? Yes. All right, so the people show up at the Red Sea. Pharaoh is, is running back. They're going to come capture all their slaves back. They're going to take us back. Pharaoh changes his heart. He doesn't care. He's, he's all in. going to destroy these people or make them his slaves once more. And that's going to be the end. And these people are literally up against the sea wall. There's nowhere for them to go. There is no other opportunity for them to have. There's nothing within their power that they're going to do to get themselves out of this situation. But God, he provides what? He moves the sea. People go across dry land. They go to the other side. He closes the sea. He drowns all the people that were coming after them and literally kills any chance of them ever trying to come back and get them once more. So these people can have peace. Now, that's a God thing. It's not a human thing. It doesn't make any sense, but it's what happens. So now, these people are on their way to their promised land. God has said at the very beginning that, that I'm going to take you out of this place and deliver you to the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey and greatness. I don't know what that actually means because I've never seen a river of milk or honey, but it's what he says. I think it's more of a metaphor, but we'll leave that to you. So, these, these people, they're like, all right, cool, we just had all of these amazing things happen, all of this provision for our lives, and now we're, we're basically waiting in the desert with this tabernacle for where we're supposed to go next of how we're supposed to get there. Anybody ever been to a desert before or seen a desert on TV or watched Planet Earth or anything? Yeah, right? Okay, I, I don't know about like, the desert you've seen, but like, deserts aren't very, like, fruitful, you know? Like, there isn't rivers flowing mostly through deserts. Like, there's not really food. There's not really anything to just even keep you alive. But God takes them to this place. And, and the why is the question that just keeps on coming back to me. Because it, it says in the Bible that, that these people that God just delivered from Pharaoh, that just did all these crazy miracles for, are stuck in this desert for 40 entire years. The, the longest road trip ever. And, and I'm, what I'm told, and I'm not a scholar or anything, but what I'm told, apparently the distance isn't that far and it really shouldn't take anywhere close to that amount of time. But God keeps them there for 40 years. And I'm just sitting here thinking, like, why? God obviously has the ability to do these crazy miracles. In fact, He's the only reason that they're actually staying alive in there. The Bible says that, that he, God sends quail with food in their mouth to drop off to these thousands of people in the middle of the desert so that they can eat every single day. Is that, is that not provision? Is that not God providing for them? God says that, that when the people needed water, that Moses looked at a rock and struck it with a stick and water came out for the people. 
Okay, none of these things are people things. These things are all God things. And these things are happening to these people firsthand experience. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I feel like I, I would want to think that if I was back there, that if I was in that situation, I would look at all these things and just sit there like, God, how could I need anything else but you? How, how, could, how could I survive without what you've done for me every single day, without you feeding me every single day, without you watering me every single day, right? How? doesn't make any sense. But that's not what happens. That's not what happens at all. The, the Bible says that the people, they become restless. They become frustrated. They become tired with waiting around. They just want to get to where they're going, right? Uh, everything in their mind is like, okay, God, where's the promised land? Where's the promised land? When are we going to get to the promised land? Okay, it's been a year. All right, got to be close to the promised land. Okay, it's been a year and a half. Okay, it's been two. It's been four. It's been ten. It's been 13, 15, a years. 40 years. Where are we going? They're restless, right? And I'm sitting here thinking, why? And over the past week, I've been listening a lot to uh, Francis Chan. Is there a Francis Chan? God trying to teach you a lesson that you didn't, didn't want to learn? Yeah? Well, guess what? He's more patient than you are. He might take 40 years for you to finally get it. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to wait 40 years in the desert for me to learn a lesson or two. I, I'd rather just take the beating, take the whatever, like, be done with it, like, teach me, like, let's move on, you know? But that's not what happened. It takes 40 years. So, so these people, right, they've experienced all these miracles and all of these amazing things. And, and the Bible says that Moses, from time to time, would go up on this hill outside of camp, right? Now, that, this hill was the resting place of where God was, right? And we're talking like, we're talking like God, God, right? I know everybody in this room, like, like the word God kind of gets thrown around to a lot of different things, and it's really like watered down for, for what this is. So just, just think about this for a second. God, God existed long before any of us were long before anything. Our time on the surface is zero compared to his eternity. He says that he existed before time, right? So, so he creates this entire massive ball of planet that we're living on, right? Spinning a thousand miles per hour, going around the sun at some ridiculous miles per hour that I don't know, um, you know, to, to, to help us to survive. So God created all of this. It's kind of like God, God. And when I'm listening to this, this Francis Chan guy, He's like 50 something years old, and he has this trembling understanding of the word knowledge of God, what God is, how God is. I look at that man, and I'm like, I've never seen that before. He comes up on stage just to pray to God, and he gets on his hands and knees, and he's trembling before God because he understands that he knows who he's talking to and how impossible it should be that we would even have the ability to talk to the person that existed before time existed, that created everything that he would care at all about what's going on, or a pain in our back, or our financials, or our marriage, or, or any of that. Like, he understands and he knows God. And I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, man, I want to know God like that. So I pray for revelation. 
I'm sidetracking. Sorry. Okay, so Moses goes up to this area to see God. God that made all this. Now, for me, God's different for everybody. But for me in my life, I, I know what God has done for me. And, and this God is able to use me up here today 100% through His glory and His grace and His mercy. Because nothing that, nothing that is inside David Henderson is worthy of being up here to talk to you guys about that. It is, it is absolutely of God. God can take somebody as, as disgusting as me and as, a, as perverted as me and as messed up and as, as angry as me and full of hatred as me and completely change my life to help bless you guys, right? And this is, this is the story. This is the story of the people, right? The people are down here on the base. Moses goes up to talk to God. And they're just waiting. They're waiting around. Moses comes up and he hangs out with God, the creator of everything, the leader of all of the miracles, absolutely everything. And he comes back down and he presents God's message to the people. And it's received better sometimes than others. Um, and, and that's just how it goes. For 40 years, it's great. And nothing changes. And I'm sitting here like, why? 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 Why isn't this working? He's talking to God. He's getting God's message. He's relaying it to the people. Why isn't anything changing? And the revelation finally came, and it finally came me like a set of bricks, and I, I, you know, I almost fall crying every single time I even think about it. But it's, it's because it doesn't work. Anybody gone to church for a really long time in their life? Maybe 40 years ago. I don't know. You ever like feel like that you're just wandering in the desert, maybe? Like, maybe God's done all these miracles in your life before that you were at one time happy and proud for and so excited because you're like, man, there's no way I could have done that. There's no way I could have got that job. There's no way I could have got that promotion. There's no way I could have got that house, married that person, had that relationship, that financial break, that whatever. And you've had all these miracles in your life, and then you, you forget about it. Forget about it. It's gone. It's over. You live it today. You, you, you need something today wired in us, and it's all going to make sense in just a minute, just wait for it, it's wired in us, right, so why doesn't it work, why doesn't it work that Moses comes down from the, from the hill and with God's message and he talks to the people and then nothing happens, in fact, so much so where it says when Moses goes away, the people play, the people melt down the gold that they got, they create new idols, they do all of their own stuff outside of God, just waiting for the next thing to come around, right, Why? Why, 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 why? Why do people sit in church for 10 years straight and nothing happens? Why? There's supposed to be power here. There's supposed to be freedom here. There's supposed to be bondage breaking. You know, the things that we sing about, like, it's not just words. Like, they came out of somebody's relationship with God. So why? Why isn't it happening? It's because we don't need Moses. We don't need Moses. We weren't designed to go to Moses. The Bible says that, that once Jesus died, that the veil was torn. Right? So what, what used to be the case where only Moses could go up to God and meet him and not die from his glory is now not the thing. Right? And 
I think this, this whole story is a perfect illustration of, of something that's an entire problem in the church today, is that everybody keeps showing up to church, and not everybody, but you, you hear what I'm saying, but people keep showing up to church thinking that Moses is going to tell them something that's going to change their life. No, 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 no. Moses, Moses is like uh, um, flavored water. You know flavored water, right? It's got, it's got a nice, cool, refreshing taste to it. You get the essence of some little flavor of one or other, but, you know, that's kind of it. It's refreshing. Like, like people are coming here trying to live off the, the essence of God, off of somebody else's encounter with God, off somebody else's relationship with God. And then they go home and they wonder why nothing in their life is changing, why everything looks the same, why their marriage is still messed up, why they're still addicted to pornography, why they're still addicted to drugs, to drinking, while they're still angry, while their children still hate them. And all these things go on and they're like, but the church, they said that all this stuff could happen. Yes, it can. It absolutely can happen. But it's not going to come from me. It's not going to come from John. It's not going to come from any other person that's going to stand up here. It's going to come from God. And it's going to come with your relationship with God. And you are the one that's supposed to walk up the hill. And you are the one that's supposed to meet with the God of the universe. And you are the one that is supposed to eat the real fruit and not just the essence of somebody else's fruit. It's for you. Every single day, God wired it that we need a new thing from Him every single day. We need a new miracle. We need a new revelation. We need newness from Him. It's the design of why we're here. Are you hearing me? We cannot live on second-hand faith. And when we do live on second-hand faith, all we can do is repeat what other people have said. All we can do is take the essence of an essence and become so muddled and so not powerful that it doesn't help anybody. Anybody have the real desire to like go into your work tomorrow and just start talking to God about everybody that you work with? Honest, honest, honest. Does anybody have that desire? If you do, that's awesome. And if you do, I know why. It's because you meet with God. Anything aside from that is just passing along information that you've been told. And yes, it's important. And yes, it's powerful. And I hope that God has used me to speak to you right now, to unlock something in your brain, to, to want, to desire that. But it's not going to go anywhere unless you make it go somewhere. It's not going to have any power unless you're the one that's chasing after it. I have a scary verse for you guys. Okay? I'm not joking. It says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 22 to 23, it says, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform miracles? Did we not? God, I showed up to church every Sunday. I tithed. I even invited people on Easter Sunday or at the movies, because those things are cool and fun. Regular service, I mean, you know, worship, all right. You know, I, I did these things, and I did them for you. And, and you know what? That person, they got saved. They said the prayer at the end of the service, and, and, and they said it for their family, and they came, and God, we did all of these things. Oh, what's up? Yeah, bring it on. Give me some keys. And the Lord looks at them, and he says, turn away from me. I never knew you. You never knew me. 
You never came and ate my fruit. You never lived under the shadow of my wing. I was never your rock. I was never your protector. You never knew me as your provider. All the while, for the last 40 years, I've still been feeding you. I've still been protecting you. I've still been giving you water. I've still been supplying all of your needs. But you don't know it because you can't see it. And you don't know me. Does anybody want to know God? Does anybody want to have and experience the power that people up here talk about? I know I do. Because I lived for too long, too angry, too hurt, too addicted, too unfulfilled. I don't want to do it for another four years. I really hope that you guys don't either. So in the last couple minutes, we're just going to make room for you to encounter God. However you feel that looks for you. So if y'all And if you're here today and this is your first church service or your 40th or whatever, and this is meeting you where you need and you want to take us to God for the first time this experience too. See, I've never been one to just be able to, to recite what somebody else says and have it be really meaningful and powerful to me. And I don't think that's how it works with you guys. So, in your own words, in the most honest way you can possibly express yourself to God, whether it's, God, I want to know you, God, I don't really think I want to know you, or God, I'm too hurt and too sad and too, there's, there's too much past that's, that's here holding me down that whatever that looks like for you. Express that to God. He's listening. He's here in this room. And He wants to meet you exactly where you're at. Father God, I just pray for revelation to come all across this room. God, through the Holy Spirit, that you would move in only the way that you can move. God, that you would speak to them only the way that you can speak to them. And God, that you would begin to change them and put a desire in them to know you to really know you, to love you, to understand you, love you. The hurts are going to go away. The addictions are going to be dropped. The marriage is going to be fixed. Financial problems, you're going to have breakthrough. Everybody out here living with, with no vision for their future, no 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 direction of which to go, he's going to give you direction. He's going to give you passions. He's going to reveal everything that you've been missing. There's a God-sized hole in every single one of us, and no church service alone is going to fill that. You need to have a relationship with Thank you for listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Remember, we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5 p.m. Make sure to like and subscribe, and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.